0: Well, thank you. Thank you to our praise team, and thank you to all of you for joining in on our worship this morning. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to Ephesians chapter 5. We want to look at verse 15 and 17, 15, 16, and 17, and then we'll look at Luke chapter 14, and then some other um, selected passages. This morning I want to share with you a sermon entitled, Doing the Right Thing setting your priorities, doing the right thing, setting your priorities. Last week I preached about our obligation, our responsibility, our command to share the gospel. It's not like it used to be as far as trying to uh, appeal to the lost to come to a rally, to come to a revival, uh, to a gospel meeting. To come to church, to hear God's word. And so with uh, this time that we're in now, COVID crisis, uh, we have to go back to the way Jesus taught us to begin with. As we go, as we go to work, as we go to school, uh, as we go shopping, wherever we go, as we go out to eat, uh, then we take an opportunity to uh, share with others what Christ has done in our life, and he can do the same in their life. And so evangelism has changed a lot. And so today I want us to maintain that focus somewhat and realize that if we're going to reach a world, if we're going to reach a world, if we're going to be partners, or if, we're going to, if we're going to be a part of a great co-mission between Christ and us and reaching a lost world to Him, to him, to himself, within things we're going to have to change as far as us doing the way we've been doing things, and we're going to have to set some priorities in our lives. Dr. Roy Fish. Dr. Fish is the, was the uh, professor of evangelism, one of the professors of evangelism at, at Southwestern Theological uh, Baptist Theological Seminary in Texas, and I uh, have one of his books, one of the first books I received when I went into the ministry, and how to give a, an invitation. I passed that book on to a lot of preachers, and it's really helped me in the years gone by. And I want you to hear what Dr. Fish says as we think about doing the right thing, setting our priorities and whatever we're doing for the Lord, but particularly about evangelism. If you would, watch this little video clip.
1: There is something in the nature of God that wants His love to be shared with other people. And I think that's, that's the most, most uh, powerful driving force and in my own life. I'm not saying it's always there, but this realization that God loves people and God Wants his love to be made known, and as I said, that to me is the most powerful driving force, God's own nature and His desire that people know about His love to the, to the degree that they can come into the relationship with Him other people and their great need I, I don't ever remember hearing anything and all the time I've been in Southwestern as a student in faculty lounge or anywhere else I don't remember ever hearing anything that would be foreign to the fact that people without Jesus are lost and And they're not only lost, but they're in danger of being eternally lost. I'll be really honest with you. I I, I, I sort of wish it were different, but the most powerful motive in my own life for sharing the gospel. In the years that I've been in ministry, the most powerful motive has been the fact that people are going to be in hell if they don't somehow come into saving faith with Jesus. So the lostness of people, oh, you could expand that. Because of what it does for us. I I don't know many Christians who are actively sharing their faith, who don't find the Christian life to be exciting. God intended that. He believed, I think, that when we get into his redemptive stream, that we discover a degree of excitement that we don't find anywhere else. The tremendous satisfaction sharing the gospel and uh, telling other people what it does for me That's that's a part of a driving force. You know, I couldn't imagine anything more wonderful than to get to heaven and to have somebody come up to you and say, Hey, you know, I I probably wouldn't be here in heaven if it weren't for you. I mean, Jesus is the one who saved me, but you're the one who told me about him and you hadn't told me about him, I might not be here. And I've been waiting on you to come to heaven because I've been wanting to thank you for sharing with me. I might not be here for you. So because of God, and because of others, and because of what it does for us, I see those as three, at least three areas of driving motivation for sharing.
0: Three areas of driving motivation. The love expressed by God. People are lost without Jesus. And the fulfillment that we can receive ourselves by sharing with others how they can be saved. So with that in mind, setting priorities to evangelize, to share a testimony. We're going to have to do that if we're going to reach a lost world. It's different today than it was six months ago. So Ephesians chapter 5, listen to God's Word. Chapter 5, verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now all of us know that life is full of decisions. Life is full of choices. Every day we're faced with making thousands and thousands of decisions, important decisions. We're faced with making choices. And with that in mind, we're gonna talk this morning about making right choices. We're gonna see this morning how the choices we make are really the reflections of our priorities. Now, just make a mental note. I want you to just jot down in your mind, or if you want to do this on a sheet of paper or something of that nature, take a note. Jot down your personal priorities and list them in the order of importance. Think for a moment. Think about what you're doing to make those things a reality. Think of what you're doing to to, to make those things really your priorities. Think about, uh, you know, think about your family. Think about your church. Think about God. Think about your job. Think about recreation. Think about whatever. Think about some things as you list your priorities. And you have to decide what's important in your life. Now, you have to decide each new day what your priorities are going to be for that day. The English word prior simply means coming before in time or coming before in order or that of importance. If something is prior, it's coming before something else. It's it's more important than something else. The English word priority means coming before all else. So we're talking about those priorities. We're talking about the things that are coming before everything else. And so the question is what comes before all else in your life? What would you say would come before all else in your life? Would it be your family? Would it be your career? Would it be your recreation? Comes before all else. Would it be your finances? Would it be your, your own self? Would it be God? Would it be, I mentioned, recreation? What would you say comes before all else in my life? You see, the question is, what does your life indicate? Are the real priorities in your life? What is being read by others that they can see what the priorities are in your life? Now, it's real easy to say that our relationship with God and and our family are the priorities in our lives. We'd probably put that at the top of the list. We'd say maybe God first, and then we'd say our family. But the question is, does your action validate that statement? If you, say my, if you say God is, is top a priority, does your action validate that? You say family is my top. Does your action validate that? Now, many struggle with priorities. Paul struggled with priorities. Listen to what Paul said in Romans chapter 7, verse 15. He says, For what I'm doing, I do not understand. For what I will do, For what I will to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate, I do. Paul struggled just like we struggle. What I want to do, what I know to do, I don't do. And what I don't want to do, I do. And he had a constant battle going on in his life trying to make the most important thing the thing that he was acting upon. So what does your life indicate are your real priorities in your life? What does it indicate? Too often our flesh, our circumstances, our careers, others keep us from, from fulfilling our priorities. So therefore the things that we know are most important, they get little of our time, while the meaningless things receive most of our time. The things that we say are most important get the less of our time. And what we say is less important, they get the most of our time. So none of us want to get owed. none of us want to die, only to realize that we wasted our lives on petty things that were really not important. I share oftentimes at, at funerals, I'll share this, I'll say, you know... The saddest thing is to, is to be born and to live your life and to die without fulfilling God's purpose for your life. That's sad. All of us have good intentions. We all have good intentions. We try to do the right thing. But, but our best intentions are not good enough. And the reasons our intentions are not good enough is because intentions are not actions. Intentions are feelings. We we really want to. We have that feeling to. Have that feeling to evangelize. We have that desire to evangelize. Those are feelings. Those are intentions. Intentions are just simply feelings. Intentions will never fulfill God's purpose or plan for your life. Intentions will never achieve the things that God has for you. So the only way to do the right things is to have the priorities which are actually actually carried out and not simply intended to be carried out. You put action to your intentions. Because intentions really are no good without any actions. So this morning I want to give you some actions that will help you stay focused on your priorities. Actions, and I think I have four or five, that will help you stay focused, help me to stay focused on the priorities in my life. First of all, jot this down. If you're taking notes, this should be an outline. Number one, seek to understand God's will. If you're going to stay focused on your priorities, you're going to have to seek to understand God's will. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, a familiar passage, says this. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Now the point is, what action can I take to keep my priorities in focus? First of all, seek to understand God's will. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Now Jesus is saying, this is your first priority. Here is what you should seek first above all else i don't know what's on your list I don't know what's on the top of your list but i'm gonna tell you what jesus said should be there seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness that word seek means to search it means to strive for it means to desire strongly and so what you have you have a verb here that's a continuous action And what Jesus is saying, keep on seeking, keep on striving, keep on desiring for what? For God's kingdom and for God's righteousness. That's what we're to keep on doing. Now, heads up, listen up just for a moment. You don't have to pray about what your first priority should be, all right? Get this, if you don't get nothing else. God just told you in his word. You don't have to pray and say, what's priority number one in my life? Jesus said, seek this first in your life. This is what you need to do. Seek this first in your life. So God's already given it to us. We don't have to stagger around blind wondering what the first priority should be in our life. He just told us in Matthew 6, 33. And so our first priority, seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. So here's the point. Our first priority is mandated by Jesus Christ himself. And everything we do should support that goal. Whatever I do in my life should support. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's God's mandate for my life. Everything relates to this priority. Everything is connected, should be connected to that priority. Listen, if you will, to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, Ephesians chapter 5, let me read verse 15, 16, and 17, our text, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, don't waste it, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, what is the Lord's will? To seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And so the point is, if you make this your first priority as commanded by the Lord, everything else is going to be much easier in your life. Much easier. George Muller said this, 90% of knowing God's will, is to be surrendered to it. Some reason we think that it's difficult to find God's will, that He's kindly hiding it from us. No! God has it right before you. The problem is you surrender into it. And what takes so long is us saying yes, and we keep saying no. That's the problem. And so if you surrender to it every day, when you do, then He will direct your steps, the Bible says, and He'll direct your path. So, first of all, to keep my priorities focused, first action, seek to understand God's will. What's His will? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And as long as I'm doing that, He's guiding me and He's directing me step by step and taking me in the path that He wants me to go. Now, how can I stay focused on my priorities? Number two, say yes and no to the right things. Every time you say yes, every time you say yes to to His will, you're going to have to say no to something else. Let me say that again. Every time you say yes to God, you're going to have to say no to something else. Every decision to do one thing is at the same time a decision not to do a dozen other things. If I say yes to God, there's a whole lot of other things that I've got to say no to. Just because it sounds enjoyable to do those other things, just because it sounds interesting to do those other things, just because they seem urgent, doesn't mean I should do them. Know the difference between what is good and what is best. Now, one of the biggest frustrations that many of us have as Christians, and we experience this from time to time, I know I do, It's not having enough time. I experience that day in and day out. And many grow weary trying to do everything that they want to do. I mean, that they want to do, that the family wants to do, that friends want to do, that children want to do, that the school wants them to do, that the job wants them to do. But the real question is, what happens to everything God wants you to do? No time. So many of us are saying, and I think really many of us, myself included, we need to, I need to look in the mirror from time to time and just, just say no. If we're going to say yes, I have to learn how to say no every day. No, no, no. If I'm going to say yes to what God wants me to do, I have to do that. Or I'm going to find myself without any time to do the things of God. Listen, how can I assure you that we're going to have to say no to some other things, even what we want to do. Here's the point. If there's anything that you need to say no to, that is keeping you from... Is there anything that you need to say no to that's keeping you from fulfilling the priorities that God has for you? Anything? So how can I stay focused on my priorities? Seek ye... Seek to understand God's will, Matthew 6, Say yes and no to the right things, and then avoid time wasters, time wasters. Ephesians 5 says that we need to redeem the time. You know, the world is full of time wasters. You say, Brother Samuel, what's a time waster? Well, anything that takes you away from doing what you should be doing. That's a time waster. Now what you should be doing are the things that strengthen your priorities. That's what we need to be doing. Time wasters. Oftentimes they're forms of temptation, um, things that distract us from our priorities. Decide ahead of time what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. Here's what it boils down to. The question's not, are you busy? But are you busy doing the right things? It's not, are you busy? But are you busy doing the right things? Now, what are some of the biggest time wasters? TV? TV? Hobbies? How about the telephone? What about texting? What about the computer? What about the internet? What about Xbox? What about Instagram? What about doing emails? What about what about just scrolling down through there? I see people do that all the time. What about those things? TV, I have to be careful. Because you've got Fox News, and you got uh, Hannity, and you got Laurel Ingram, and they just come on one hour after another, and you won't kind of get caught up in what's going on in the day, and you turn to another channel and get the other side. you got to be careful. I have to be careful. Time waster. So if you're going to stay focused on your priorities, number one, seek to understand God's will. Say yes and no to the right things. Avoid time wasters. And then let nothing hold you back. Let nothing hold you back. Number four. A lot of people won't understand why you're doing what you're doing. I can remember when God called me to preach, and I was so excited about it. But we had some people... Uh, even our relatives just didn't understand why I would give up a, a job to take another job. And, and why I would be going into the ministry. You know, I was told one time, you know, well, preachers have a hard time. You know, you better think about this. And, and some people just don't understand. A lot of people get in your way when God tells you to do something. And you're trying to do it. And they'll just get in your way. And then they'll discourage you. But... You have to move forward with God's call on your life and His purpose on your life and His will on your life. and your priorities are more important to let anything else hold you back from it. Philippians 4:13, verse perhaps you've memorized, "I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me." It just speaks that Jesus is your strength. And so that means that if he called you, he's going to lead you, and then you go. And if he's not called you, then you don't do it. Galatians 6 verse 9, he warns us not to do it. If he he doesn't call us, don't do it. So you have to to stay focused. He said, and let us not grow weary in well-doing For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. You have to keep going. If he's called you to do it, do it. If he hasn't called, don't do it. And so if you're going to stay focused on your priorities, seek to understand God's will. Say yes and no to the right things. Avoid time wasters. Let nothing hold you back. And be aware of priority bursters. And then three things that's going to keep you from achieving your priorities. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 14 for this. Luke chapter 14. Three things, and I'm going to point them out, and we're finished. Luke chapter 14, beginning with verse 16. As we think about three things that will keep you from achieving your priorities. Then he said, Jesus is, speaking of Jesus, Then he said to him, Luke uh, 14, verse 16, I believe, uh, Angela has, it. Angela has it on screen. A certain man gave a great supper and invited many. And sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, "Come, for all things are now ready." But they all, with one accord, began to make excuses. The first said to him, "Well, I bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it, and I ask you to have me excused." Another said, "Well, I bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them." and I ask that you have me excused. Still another said, Well, I've married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. And so that servant came and reported these things to the master. And the master of the house, being angry, said to his servants, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring them in here the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. The servant said, Master, it's done as you've commanded, and still there's room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste of my supper. Those invited really didn't understand how to live their life based on prioritizing. They didn't understand that. And here's three most common excuses for not fulfilling the first priority. You know what the first priority is? Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Here's three things that keep you from doing that. Number one, pleasures can keep you from your first priority. Luke 14, verse 18. But they, with one accord, began to make excuse. The first said to him, i bought a piece of ground, and I must go see it, and I ask you to have me excused. I'll take a trip. Going on this trip, i got to look at this land. I've bought a piece of it. Someone said you never would buy land unless you first went and looked at it, but this was just an excuse. So pleasure can keep you from fulfilling of seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Number two, work can keep you from your first priority. Verse uh, 19. Another said, I bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. And I ask you to have me excused. Work's important and works good. You've heard the stories, you've heard the phrase workaholics. Some people are just workaholics, and you can't keep priority number one. Like it should be if that's all you think about is work. It'll keep you from your first priority. And number three, relationships can keep you from your first priority. Verse 20, still another said, I've married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Someone says, probably the only one that told the truth out of those three. But anyway, relationships Can keep you from your first priority. There are too many Christians living a life of excuse. They always have an excuse. Not for coming to the feast. Not feasting on the things that God has prepared for them. And the sad thing is. And people that do that. Their lives will always be shallow. They'll be shallow, and they'll be spiritually stale. The other day, I was going to eat some tuna salad, and I saw this sleeve of crackers. It went in the box. I didn't know how old they were. But I took a bite, and they were stale. They looked good. All appearance was they were good. But when I took a bite, they were stale. You don't want to be a stale Christian. And you don't have to be. You don't have to settle for a life of complacency, a life of excuses, a a staleness, a stale Christian life, my goodness. So the question is, when the Lord calls you to make a decision, then get up and come quickly. Like today, if you've never trusted Christ, you need to come quickly and trust Christ. You don't need to put that off need to come quickly. Let nothing stand in your way. Trust in Christ. God's inviting you to his table for a feast. You need to get up. You need to go eat. And so if, if we're going to be on co-mission with the Lord Jesus to reach a world to himself, we have to evaluate our priorities as individuals and as a church. The church reflects the priorities of its members. And our first priority is... Is mandated by him to seek, to search, put him first, and seek his righteousness. And all the other priorities will relate to our main priority. Let's bow our heads together for prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you and I thank you for an opportunity. I've had to share your word how we need to redeem the time and take all of this seriously, uh, serious about what's going on right now in our world. Lord, we have to reach people. And we just can't sit here and wait for them to come here. That's not going to happen, but we have to go to them. And before we do that on a daily basis, we're going to have to get our priorities uh, straight. We've got to seek you first in your righteousness. And we know that if we just keep that before us, uh, and all others work toward that goal, we're going to see a mighty thing happen to us in our lives, in our family, in our church family. I've heard people say from time to uh, from time, to time uh, they need to get their priorities straight. We do, Lord. We do. We really do. And so help us today. Help me, I pray today, to maintain that first priority, Of seeking you first. And your righteousness. Help me Lord to be careful with those time wasters. That take my time. When I could be doing other things. In seeking your righteousness. Prayer time. Bible study time. Devotional time. Witnessing to someone. Father they're time killers. And so Father help me I pray today. To set an example in. And set in the right priority. There are people out there that are wanting to know about Jesus. And we need to go tell them. And we'll never do that unless that's our priority. Our number one priority. We pray that will be our priority as, as believers and thus as a church. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.